Hello and welcome to Called Bank Sports. Tonight, the Utah Jazz were able to have an awesome comeback against the Toronto Raptors, which was honestly something I wasn't sure if they were going to be able to pull out. I mean, we've talked about it a lot that they're missing Donovan and that they're missing um, Mike, and that's just really what happens when you have a pair of all-stars out. But they were able to come back and have a strong second half and um, defensively be able to do a really good job, especially in the fourth quarter to seal the deal. Um, offensively, they did struggle, but you know, if you're stopping the Raptors like they were able to do, then it ends up working out. Looking at um, what really stood out to me um, from a Jazz perspective is I personally um, didn't realize how many more free throws the Jazz were able to get than the Raptors um, this game. So both teams um, committed 15 fouls, the Jazz and the Raptors respectively, but the Jazz got 18 free throws compared to only nine for Toronto. And that was the really big difference there. I mean, that's plus nine for the Jazz and they won by four. So this game was one of the free throw line and there's some more things we can get into, but thankfully the Jazz were able to guard without fouling shooters, which is something that Toronto was not able to do tonight. And Let's just give a shout out to Bojan Bogdanovic with his season high um, of 34 points tonight. That was just really special to see him go off and be able to um, take, put the team on his shoulders, especially where Donovan and uh, Mike weren't in the game. He ended up shooting 12 of 22 overall from the field, 6 of 11 from 3. Um, at one point, I believe he was 6 of 9, so he missed his last couple. And 6 of 11 from 3 means he was 6 of 12 from 2. So um, wasn't as good from 2 as he's been this latter half of the season, but he absolutely dominated and really was clutch in the right moments tonight. And I can't forget to shout out Joe Ingles, who was um, 4 for 7 from 3. And again, there was one point, I believe, in the third quarter where he came down, and I believe he hit back-to-back threes and just kept the jazz in it. Um the Jazz were down by 10 at one point, and it's hard to come back from double digits, especially against Toronto, who is a pretty good team. They've um, struggled a lot, but they do have a positive point differential despite their terrible record. So they have shown that they can consistently um, score more points overall than the other team. Uh, but they've just really struggled, and I think a lot of that has to do with COVID and them being in Tampa Bay instead of being in um instead of being in Toronto like they typically are. Looking at um looking at the Raptors, all of their starters were in double digits, which is really good for them. Um Van Vliet Van sorry, Van Vliet led them with 30 total points, followed by Birch and Anunobi um with 17 each. And in the end they really just weren't able to get that much production production from the bench. They ended up getting 13 bench points compared to um, Jordan Clarkson on the Jazz, who was able to get 15. So um, bench points also won it tonight. Uh, Nyang struggled from three. He went one for, fr- one for five, and Nyang was barely not able to get double digits going three for five from three and ending with nine points. And overall, the craziest things that happened had nothing to do with the Jazz game. Um, the Jazz are now technically in the one seat again, but I, they're only half a game ahead, ahead of the Suns, and they're going to have to win. Um, what, what are they at right now, schedule-wise? They're at 
46 and 18, they're going to have to win six of their next eight games to probably be able to um, be in their best position to get that, to get the one seed there. But, you know, all, uh, and Phoenix is going to have to win seven of their next nine, which is going to be hard, but is definitely doable for them. Looking at the Jazz schedule, they're going to have a couple games against San Antonio um, this next week, which is a team that's always hard for the Jazz to beat. And they are playing for playoff position right now, trying to get into the play-in tournament. So that's going to be rough. Um, Friday, May 7th, they're going to be playing Denver. And I wouldn't expect to have Mike or Donovan back for that game. So that's probably another loss on their end. Um, And then you end it with Houston, Golden State, Portland, Oklahoma City, and Sacramento. So even without Mike and Donovan, the Jazz are definitely capable of coming back. And there's only one game down the stretch that I think they should, that they're, that they don't have a chance of winning and that's against Denver. So looking at it, the Jazz definitely have a chance at keeping the one seed. Um, if they did go seven of eight of their next games, then the Suns are going to have to go eight, eight of nine to win. And is that going to happen for the Jazz? Probably not. Do I think the Suns are going to go eight of nine? Possibly, but probably not. So the one seed is definitely not out of reach and things are shaping up to where if the Jazz do fall to the two, ski, two seed, it could end up being um, pretty nerve wracking. So uh, just looking at what kind of what 538 predicts right now, um, they put the Jazz at the one, but let's just say for argument's sake, the Jazz fall to two. Um, they have the Clippers at four, the Lakers at six. Um, the So you're going to have Clippers, Mavericks in the first round and Nuggets, Lakers in the first round. And then the Jazz would have to play the winner of Nuggets, um, of Nuggets, Lakers. Best case scenario for the Jazz would be that the Clippers end up taking a game and end up in the three seed or that the Lakers end up taking a game and end up in the five seed. And it's a Lakers Clippers matchup in the first round. So really, I just have a hard time seeing a scenario where the Jazz aren't going to be um, having tough competition in the second and third round, which I think is what everyone expected. But when the second round is going to be matchups where no one would be disappointed if those were the conference finals, it's going to be hard for Utah to pull to pull it out and to get a win. So it, it's really just going to end up being a crazy end of the season. And I th- it's going to be a lot closer than I think most people expected. And um, a lot of the Lakers' success obviously will depend on how LeBron integ- integrates back into the offense. Um, and just the team as a whole, he only scored 16 points in his game first game back tonight against the Sacramento Kings and the Lakers lost by four. So from that perspective, he's definitely going to have to do a lot better. And I'm sure he will improve significantly as um, he gets back into a rhythm and gets back into the swing of things. So um, I'm saying so way too much, but it's really crazy. And my biggest takeaway from tonight is that um, the Jazz really do need to work on not turning turning over the ball. To be fair, Toronto is one of the best teams in the league at forcing turnovers. So that's going to happen. Um, when you play a team where that's how they play defense is forcing turnovers. The Jazz um, turned the ball over 20 times. I believe they gave up 29 fast um, points off turnovers, which is absolutely ridiculous, especially compared to... Um, Sorry, I got turned around on 
where those stats were on my monitor. Let me find those really quick. I apologize. Um, so, um, that's sorry, 21 total turnovers. They gave up 29 points off of turnovers and the compared to the jazz getting 10, um, the jazz forcing 10 turnovers on the Raptors and only getting tw- um, 15 of 15 points off of that. So that really could have cost the jazz the game. And they were lucky enough to um, be fouled enough on, on enough shots or in the bonus. And that was able to make um, lead to them barely pulling this one out down the stretch. But thankfully they're the solid defense was able to help them win it. Um, Will Jensen says Suns have a pretty easy schedule for the rest of their season. They do. I think um, I'll pull it up really quick. So the thing is they have a pretty easy schedule. They are back on the road and they did definitely show that they had success on the road, playing some really solid teams in the East. So while technically they have a harder schedule than the jazz, the only player I believe they're missing of consequence is Jay Crowder and Missing Jay Crowder um, is big, but not as big as missing Devin Booker or Chris and or Chris Paul. So they're going to play Oklahoma City, Cleveland. Um, then they're going to be at Atlanta, which Atlanta is going to want to win for playoff positioning there. But obviously the Suns are better than at New York, um, at the Lakers. So that, oh, sorry, versus New York and then at the Lakers um, and then Golden State and Portland. So the thing about the rest of the games for the Suns, um, they ended with back with a back-to-back against the Spurs, is um, once they play Oklahoma City and Cleveland um, these next few days, then the last seven game teams they play are all fighting for playoff position. Compared to the Jazz, who of their last eight games, only five of those teams are fighting for playoff position. So the Jazz do have a few more games where hopefully the other team is going to take um, just intentionally lose the game and and give the Jazz a win. I did think that was going to happen in the Minnesota games, though. And obviously, it's those two games that are going to be... And while obviously you have to look at the season as a whole, those two games, in my mind, stick out the most as why the Jazz will lose the one seed more likely than not. Uh, which really stinks, but you know, such is life and such is basketball. And tonight, um, Gobert definitely locked down defensively towards the end of the game. Um, he did struggle at the beginning. I'm not going to lie. He, th- what Toronto did really well was get some, you know, six, seven foot push shots or floaters and they were able to get them really high and they went in. I don't know, honestly, how much towards the end of the game was Gobert being a lockdown defender, which he definitely worked or it was kind of the law of averages there playing out and the Raptors made way too many of those um, up until that point, and so they just started missing them. I think that that's really what cost. Um, what happened there is, you know, down the stretch as everyone just all of a sudden lost the ability to score, they weren't able to get the shots that they had. Were definitely pretty good looks and pretty good takes against Gobert, but were kind of lucky on going in. Um, if I zoom in to the pace rate, so the Jazz last scored at. Let's see. And it looks about I can't get let me let me go to the play by play here. Sorry guys, this is a bit clunkier than I want, but I think it's really interesting um just what happened to both both teams offense towards the end of the game. So 
Jazz get to 103 at the 348 mark um, and take a five-point lead uh, over Toronto. Um, so that was, what did I say there? Um, that was that was 348, so just under four minutes left in the game. Um, at 41 seconds left, the Raptors score. So there was over three minutes of scoreless basketball for both teams. Um, then the Jazz score... Um, with 24 seconds left to take another five-point lead. And then after that, it just ended up being a quick, fast break for Toronto, who did score there. But then they, it was a game of um, hack a jazz man, and the Jazz were able to pull it out. So th- um, that shows how stagnant the offense became, but also how consistent the Jazz defense was. Toronto was definitely having their way with the Jazz in the first um, half. They put up 62 total points. Um, compared to the Jazz 56. So for the Jazz to come out and score 50 points in the second half, compared to only 40 by Toronto, um, really sealed the deal there. So um, those are my takeaways. I know I talked a lot, a lot about seeding down the stretch, and that's definitely kind of at least going to be my focus watching it. The Jazz still have a puncher's chance of getting that one seed. It's going to involve them having tough games without two of their three all-stars, like I've said a million and one times, but I don't think I can say it enough. So thank you everyone for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Um, Leave a a like if you can. And um, Dale will be doing post game for the Spurs game on Monday. So join him after that. Thanks again and go jazz.